Good morning, and welcome to Community Baptist Church. We're glad that you're with us today. The weather's a little more cooperative today. It's beautiful outside, um, and we're grateful to be here together to worship. I'm Greg Gibson, a deacon here at Community Baptist, and a proud member of this great church family. Uh, Dr. Tim Hobbs is on a well-deserved vacation from this past Friday until next Sunday. So uh, we will have two women in the pulpit the next two weeks, and they're both up here today. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Can I get an amen? Thank you. Thank you. So today we have my special friend filling in for Tim, the Reverend Angie Humphrey from Fresh Air Community of Faith in Evansville, and her wonderful husband, George Rahalia, is in the back. George, thank you for coming with Angie today. Um, Thank you both for being a blessing to us today, Angie and George. More about Angie a little later in the service. Uh, As I just mentioned, Mary will be up here next Sunday on the pulpit. Mary, any teaser on what the sermon title is? No. No, no no teaser. You'll write it next Sunday. The sermon title is No. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Here's just a few announcements to make you aware of. Uh, Please sign the uh, purple, maroon, red, I'm color challenged pads that are. Uh, on each end and share them with your neighbors, please, so we can have a record of your attendance. I had on my calendar, Sybil, is this true that next Saturday we have a, we do not have, okay, we'll skip that announcement. Um, Sunday, June the 2nd, our collaboration and joint adventure with Vacation Bible School takes place. It's called Cave Quest. It's uh, the Presbyterian Church, First Christian Church, St. Paul's Episcopal Church, and us at CBC meeting at St. Paul's. Uh, we've done this for how many years, Mary, combined together? So like seven years that four churches have come together to have a vacation Bible school. So it's a great opportunity for your kids uh, to learn about God. So mark your calendars June the 6th through the 8th. Um, then next, the next week... June the uh, 13th through the 18th, you can join the Henderson Area Arts Alliance at Professional Development, and your children can uh, be a part of Rapunzel. So see me for details on that. I believe Wednesday, June the 8th, Jika is a Red Cross blood drive. Is that correct? So see Jika. She's got a sign-up sheet. She'll be happy to uh, hook you up in more ways than one. Marsha's Place Baby Bottle Campaign is over here through Father's Day. Christian Community Outreach item of the month is bath soap, correct? Bath soap, so bring your bath soap in. And then June the 12th through the 18th is our Extreme Build mission trip, so you can contact Tim for that. There's much going on in God's kingdom for you to take part of as part of this church community. We ask that you join us in being the presence of Christ and serving a world in need through these opportunities we brought to your attention. We ask you to now stand and sing our song of gathering.
We celebrate you, risen Christ. We join every creature in proclaiming that you are worthy to receive glory and honor and power forever and ever. We celebrate you, risen Christ, for children who worship you. We celebrate you, risen Christ, for youth who seek your presence in the beauty of creation and your compassion in the voices of others. We celebrate you, risen Christ, for women and men whose lives are songs of praise, turned to glorify your name through their words and work. We celebrate you, risen Christ, for congregations who fill their lives with faith, their voices with song, their hands with offerings, and their words with gratitude. We celebrate you, Jesus Christ, for the life of Jesus Christ, who was in the beginning, lived among us, and now reigns forevermore as our resurrected Lord. Amen.
Philippians 4, 1 through 9. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge uh, Euodia and I urge Syntyche to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I ask you also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel. Together with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me. And the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks Thanks be to God.
thank you, Lord, for this day. Our cup is full today. Beautiful weather, wonderful people, fine fellowship, and a wonderful church. We pray that you will be with our pastor today as he travels. Bring him to us refreshed and ready to go. Our Father, we pray that you will help us as we enter this part of the service. Uh, We truly hope that we understand that the only thing that we can take with us is what we give away. Be with this church, its ministry, and its peoples on this corner at this place. Christ's name.
again I say rejoice, 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 and again I say rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice, 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 Again I say rejoice, Thank you. When Tim asked me if I would introduce our speaker today, I said with great honor I would be more than pleased to do that. Angie and I first met two years ago on the set of WEHT Lifestyles when I was appearing to promote some ha show. I don't even remember what it was. Nibby had already told me she was a jewel, a super delightful person, and that I was going to love her. How true. I think that was an understatement, Nibby. We bonded immediately, and now I'm the self-appointed president of the Angie Humphrey Fan Club. <laughs> when you think of compassion, of kindness, of love, of caring, we think of folks like Jerry and Adele Martin, right? You can add Angie and George to that list as well. Gracious people with a huge heart for Christ and others. Angie's a mother, a grandmother, a TV personality. You can see her daily on WHT's Lifestyles around noon. Isn't that correct, around noon? 11, 11.30. She's been a weather girl. She's worked as a TV anchor in some much larger markets than Henderson, like Atlanta, Charlotte, and Louisville during her 40-year career as a TV broadcasting. She's been around the block, I guess you could say. She pastors the Fresh Air Community of Faith in Evansville. She's one of the kindest people on this earth and a walking example of Christ's love. She's here today to share a sermon titled, Whatever, and I'm anxious to hear what she has to say on this topic. Her and George are getting ready to go on a mission trip, which I believe she's going to be also talking with us about today, and we'll give you an opportunity at the end of the service to support that work of God. I'm proud and honored to introduce my wonderful friend and sister in Christ, Angie Humphrey. You always got to kiss the president of your fan club. Good morning, everyone. Wow. May I live up to just one of those adjectives with you. Now, you know, I'm not a stranger to you. I was here when John Dunaway was here. That's how far back. How many of you go back that far? Right. Thank you for that confession, sister. 
uh, yeah, it's been almost 16, 17 years ago that I was here. And I don't know if you remember, but I came to sing that day. Well, it's when I learned the scourge of a metal roof. It rained and lightning and thundered. It may have even hailed. I, we couldn't even, I couldn't hear the music, and you couldn't hear me, but we had a good time anyway. So thank you for inviting me back, and the weather is great today. I'm so grateful to uh, be with you and to see your faces and share a little bit about what George and I are planning to do. This is my, all of my life as a Baptist kid, I've never gone on a mission trip like this. So we are going to Kenya with my friend, Pastor Lynn Rennie, and she's a co-pastor at Aldersgate in Evansville. Lynn has been going for 14 years and leading this mission, so we're not blazing a new trail. We are walking into an established mission, and they work with the children that are in crisis. We will be visiting schools and orphanages. We will also be working with the village people. So George and I have been trained to be eye doctors. We have. No kidding. Uh, And it's really, that's a long story in itself. We went to Louisville, and we learned how to use this piece of equipment that is just nothing short of amazing. I can hold this equipment up to your eyes and in an instant know exactly what your prescription needs are. In an instant. And so we will have a bank of 2,000 glasses that have been sent to us through the Lions Club and other organizations. And they'll be lined up by prescription. So when the, the prescription comes up in the screen, so will about 10 choices of glasses for that person. And while they won't be a perfect match... They'll be better than no match at all. And the system gets better and better. So this is part of the process that George and I will be involved in as we travel through Kenya. I think, did you put the map up there, honey, so you can see some of our tracks? This is all big, you know, big uh, news to me. It's all going to be new. But you can kind of see where we'll be in this area of the country, and it's beautiful. We will see uh, Lake Victoria, and we will stay at the lodge where the movie uh, Born Free and some of you are old enough to remember Born Free, will be there part of the time. But my goal in going is not to take the American Jesus to the people of Kenya. My goal in going is to be transformed by the people of Kenya, to have my ministry and my spirit renewed and refreshed as I respect their culture and learn from them and hopefully bring some vision And some healing. They may be able to see with glasses, but George and I will see with new eyes. God's beautiful creation and God's colorful world in the life and the hearts of the Kenyans. So we just appreciate, please, your prayers for us as we prepare for this exciting journey in July. And, of course, if you can support us financially, that, too, will be greatly appreciated. But we're just excited this door has opened, and we together get to walk through it as a husband and wife team with some people who really do have God's heart. So thank you for letting me share that with you today, and please keep us in prayer. I think you each have a little letter there from us and how you can donate and all that stuff. So we would appreciate that. And if you have glasses at home, prescription or otherwise, you can let Greg know, and we'll be happy to get those in our system. There are countless teams traveling to countries all over the world with this computer system. Some will be going to Honduras. Some will be going to Nicaragua. We're all traveling with this piece of equipment to bring uh, vision and glasses to people in the third world, and it's quite a ministry. That's a story in itself. I'll come back and tell you when we come back from Kenya. I'd be glad to come back and share our adventure with you. Well, today we're going to talk about whatever, whatever. That's going to be up there, I can tell you. Whatever. It's become kind of the mantra, hasn't it, of our society? Do you know many times a day we say it? Whatever. We don't even have to say it, do we? We just go, 
like this. Everybody knows. It's kind of code in our culture for, I have no control. I have nothing more to say about this. My kids don't call or make plans. Whatever. Some people don't come to church anymore. You know, you can feel free to do that, yes. Uh, I won't be there for the meeting. Yeah. Well, why do we resort to this or subscribe to this particular attitude as if it was the only possible answer to life's complexities? The dictionary says whatever is explained like this. Whatever is said as a response indicating a reluctance to discuss something, implying a little bit of indifference, skepticism, or even exasperation. Does that sound like all of us? It covers for us a myriad of sins. It means next to nothing except as an excuse for not caring, for not wanting to be present, not getting involved, not getting engaged, not being committed. Whatever. The word releases us from further involvement, any responsibility, any presence in the present. We hear a lot of talk about that, but it relieves us of a responsibility to be present in the present. We say whatever and then we're done, aren't we? Nothing more can be asked of us after all. It's all relative, isn't it? It's all relative. Open to, it's a subject. It's disconnect. It's disinterest. Well, not so fast. Because the Apostle Paul, who always had something to say about everything, has some pretty stirring words that you just heard uh, read to you from Philippians. Read beautifully, by the way, and by, I love your shoes. We'll talk later. I've got to have those shoes. I'm so distracted by her shoes, I may not be able to find you will too. Do you want to come out here and show everybody your shoes so we don't have to talk about it anymore? Come on. There, come on. Just allow me to introduce these shoes to you. Yes, yes, they are black and white polka dot. And I have shoe envy right here. I confess it to you in front of God and everybody. I cannot help myself. All right, I'll focus now. Paul. <laughs> Paul is writing a letter to the church in Philippi, a church he loved. You know, Paul loved passionately all of the churches that he founded. He loved people passionately. And so when he founded this church in Philippi, it was the first church in European soil. Now, this is kind of groundbreaking to think about. Paul's traveling all over the known world, telling his Jesus story, which is a unique story to Paul. Jesus in Paul's world is not a miracle worker. Paul is not interested in Jesus' miracles. Paul is interested in the resurrected Lord. And that is the Jesus that he is preaching. That is the church, the way he's establishing church. So he established this church around the year 50. And I'm going to say that with confidence like anybody really knows because there's not a cornerstone that said 50 A.D. But anyhow, it's around 50 somewhere in there. And you can see that on the map. I guess I could step back and see it too. There it is. Yay. Did you know there's a TV there? Kind of cool. So he's writing to the Philippians from prison. Now, again, we don't know where he's in prison. Some scholars say he's in Rome. Some people say he's in Ephesus. They really don't know. Uh, so, but we know that he is in prison. He's incarcerated somewhere, which happened to Paul a lot, because in the first chapter of Philippians, we read these words. This is Paul talking. I want you to know, beloved, that what has happened to me has actually helped to spread the gospel so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard and to everyone else that my imprisonment is for Christ. And most of the brothers, having been made confident in the Lord by my imprisonment, dare to speak the word with greater boldness and without fear. So Paul in prison 
impassioned for his Lord, is spreading the word to his captors. And so the brothers in this town, wherever he may be, Rome or Ephesus, are being emboldened to speak out because they think, if Paul's in prison for this, then it's worth it for me to give my life to. So then we get to Philippians 4, and we hear these words that were so beautifully read before about the whatever. So put your head in the game, if you will, and join me in about the year 50 AD, and imagine the culture into which these words were spoken and read. You know, their letters circulate, so the letter comes with a messenger, and the messenger stands before the company and reads it as if Paul were actually there. This is how first century letters were received, so the audience would be behaving as if the great Paul was there, and he's been talking to them about how to love each other and have joy and to rejoice. And so he's getting to the end of his letter, and he says these words to them. Therefore, my brothers, and I'm going to add sisters, so just tolerate it for a minute. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, you whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, this is how you should stand firm. And I'm going to put a parenthesis here so I can say this implies that they might have been standing firm in exactly the most unhelpful way possible. Perhaps they were dug in. They were closed off. Sound familiar in today's culture? So Paul is saying, therefore, all of you I love and long for, this is how you stand firm. In the Lord, dear friends, I plead with Odia and Sintiki to agree with each other in the Lord. So we know there's a fight between these two ladies. They're having a problem. Yes, and I ask you, loyal yoke fellow, help these women who have contended at my side in the cause of the gospel, along with Clement and the rest of my fellow workers whose names are written in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always, just like the choir sang. Isn't that, that's a God thing. We didn't plan that at all. We didn't call, so it was perfect. That's just the Holy Spirit doing its thing. Rejoice in the Lord always, and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on these things. Whatever you've learned and received and heard from me and seen in me, put these things into practice, and the God of peace will be with you. Aren't these beautiful words? They're almost poetic. Paul is waxing poetic, and rightly so. The folks in Philippi, and in fact, in the rest of the known Roman world, will be required to stand firm. Because on the horizon is the rising of Nero, who tortured Christians for fun. These people in Philippi and in the greater Roman world are going to be asked to stand firm, just as the world was asked to stand firm in face of the scourge of Hitler. You will have to stand firm. Something is going to be required of you. Lives will be laid down in the face of this scourge, and you have to be prepared for that eventuality. They had to have grit, a grit of their own, to be 
the gospel. This is important to Paul. It's not words. It's not a church. It's not a building. It is being the gospel in the everyday world of Rome. To be the words of life, to be the life of Christ as Paul taught it. For Paul, this is not a whatever shrug as we teach it in contemporary, the contemporary sense of the word. There's only decision here. Paul is giving them this opportunity to make a decision for Christ, the Christ who dwelled among human beings. Not this interpreted version that we, we put more costumes on Jesus than any other generation of people. We've made Jesus our Jesus. In fact, my Jesus. My Jesus then supports all my political parties, all my political leanings. My Jesus likes songs in the hymn book, not on the wall. My Jesus likes, and you fill in the rest. You know what I mean? And I hear that a lot. So we created a Jesus in our, of our own making. And it was happening in Paul's world too. So he's saying, know the Jesus who lived among us. That's who you stand firm for. So to shore them up on all sides, Paul brilliantly gives them these words of life to cling to, and not to cling to in desperation either, but to cling to. He says that whatever you focus on, my friends in Philippi, will decide your actions. Where you put your head, your actions will follow. Whatever you focus on will influence your actions. That's a powerful lesson. For them and for us today, the battlefield of our minds is the very place where actions are formed. You think about this. You don't act. Some people say, I wasn't thinking. You did think it, and then you did it. I do it too. We behave as we think. We become what we give our attention to. In my lifetime, I cannot think. I really can't. I mean, I lived through the Vietnam War. I you know, lived through all sorts of, as you have. Many of you have lived longer than I have. You've seen wars come and go. I can't think of a time when toxic thinking is more prevalent. There's more divisive language. There's more hate. There's more polarization. There are lines drawn in every grain of sand across this planet. There's not been a time where toxic thinking has had the stage as it is right now. We are we're sequestering ourselves away in our special little exclusive groups the groups we identify with, the groups who are right, right? We identify with only the right people. Our own special interests cause us to select certain people and certain actions ahead of others. And it leads to conflict when our interests clash. And interests clash. Whatever is happening to Odia and Sintiki and in this church in Philippi, they're, they're conflicted about what's going on. And Paul says this is not to be. We're supposed to be firm together. We're supposed to stand firm together in a helpful way. We see it every day. And we feel it too. If you're on Facebook, and I'm sure lots of you are, you don't have to click on uh, and wait a long time to see conflict on your Facebook page. Whatever p- position you may take, somebody will take the opposite one and be, be free to hold forth about it. We have so much fracture in society, we feed and we foster this, shra- this fracture, and we live with the results daily of it. Whatever the conflict Paul is trying to avoid, we still have it today. It may have different names. It's not Odia and Sintiki, but it may be, you know, Brenda and Jack. Whatever it is, so long as there is life on earth, 
the original tendency of human beings to be conditioned by our own special concerns for self and our little group cause strife. It causes strife. And Paul is trying to show them and ultimately us a more excellent way, as Paul always tries to do, a clearer path to wholeness. It begins with the simplest of actions, and this is when I love how the Holy Spirit works. Just as the choir sang so beautifully, it begins with rejoicing. Now, that may be a head-scratcher for you. That Here we're talking about conflict. We're talking about special interest group. And Paul is saying, stop. And whatever you're thinking here, rejoice. Rejoice that you have life. Rejoice. In Paul's version of rejoicing, he is not saying make yourself holy and pure first, get all cleaned up, not have any failures. Paul is saying in the face of your failures, in the midst of your conflict, in the midst of your trials, rejoice. Embrace the beauty of God's love. Embrace the grace that God offers so freely to all people, the abundant grace to all people, and move forward. Refusing to let the past define you and hold you to unhealthy, unhelpful thoughts. Rejoice anyway. And let that practice lift you to a nobler mindset and a brighter spirit. Rejoice means to have elation, merriment, delight, celebration. These are the attitudes that will completely disallow the 2016 version of whatever. We can rejoice. It's a decision that we make. It is up to us in all circumstances to find a reason to be grateful and to rejoice. And when we do, we recognize the whatevers of Paul or what really matters. These are the whatevers that matter. So let's look again at what he is writing when he is saying these things. Now imagine them and now imagine us. In hearing these words, so with all the things you know about our society, with all the conflict you may experience in your own heart, in your family, in your workplace, whatever, even in your church, with all that you know, hear what Paul says. Finally, whatever's true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, Whatever is lovely, whatever is gracious, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. My oh my, would the world not be a better place all the way around if we lived with excellence and beauty and grace and gratitude As our mantra, every day before our feet hit the floor in this crazy world, if we started our day with our mind stayed on the mind of Christ and said, this day I will rejoice, I will celebrate my life, I will not add more venom to the venom out there, I will be light, I will be joy, I will be forgiveness, I will be gratitude, I will be a blessing to somebody this very day. That's our job, my friends, as followers of Jesus Christ. If you want to know what your job is, you can, you can memorize all the scripture you want, and I think that's great. Hopefully there won't be a quiz when we get to heaven. 
It's great to study scripture. It's great to know that. But Paul is not saying that, and nor did Jesus. Jesus didn't say, oh, sit down and pour over the documents until you've got them all committed to memory. Love your neighbor as yourself. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. Offer your prayers with thanksgiving. Expect the peace that passes all understanding to be yours because it can be. Jesus' life gave us these gifts. Jesus' life gave us these gifts every single day. It's not unique to me. It's not unique to you. It is for all people. We are called to dump the junk of negativity, to put into our minds beauty, excellence, noble thought, compassion, and graciousness, refusing to let anything else take up residence in the zip code of our gray matter. It is a decision we are required to make every day as people of Jesus Christ. Paul says it, and it redeems whatever. It takes the shrug out of whatever and focuses it back into our hearts, puts the responsibility back on us so that we can say instead of whatever we can say whatever is beautiful whatever is excellent whatever is noble noble fabulous grand and peace bringing not will I just think these things I will live them I hope you will too pray with me please Precious Lord of life and joy and that fountain of blessing. As we stand here today in this beautiful place and loving community, pour out your spirit upon us in a brand new way. Open up all the synapses in our minds so we can be tuned to you. Tune our spirits to your heart. Tune our spirits and our minds to you. Turn our eyes to you and open them up to see this glorious world, the miracle of a blade of grass and the laugh of a child and the hand of a friend, a kind word. Make this the whatever of our lives, Lord. Make us aware, raise our consciousness, open our souls to you so that we can be you in this hurting world. Thank you for your love and your patience and your never-ending grace. All this I pray in the powerful name of Jesus our Christ. Amen. God bless you.
now, my friends, go in the power and the love and the joy of Jesus Christ and be a light to all God brings in your path. Go in peace, my friends.